Any of you have been in a season, maybe you're currently in or been in one previously, where you're doing the right things, like the things you know you should be doing. You're doing the right things, but you're not experiencing the results of the right things. Any of y'all ever been there? Like you're, you, you're like doing all the right stuff, you know, eating right or going to the gym, going to church, giving, you're serving on the dream team, you're doing, just doing things that you know, like I need to be doing these things and you're doing these things, but it seems like everything around you is not good. Um, like marriage is maybe still struggling or your relationship with God is still not where you want it to be. Or if you've just ever been there, I'm, I'm dedicating this message to you. I've been there often. And I, I realized that in Scripture, there's a biblical principle for that and why we may, it's, it's one possibility of why we may be feeling that way, and it's the principle of sowing and reaping. It's all throughout Scripture, and, and so today I'll, I want to share with you maybe why there's some things in your life that you're going through. And so we're going to start today in Galatians chapter 6. If you want to turn there, you can go and, uh, and turn there. You should have gotten some notes when you walked in. If you got some notes, wave them at me just so I see. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, man, take some notes with us. Um, and so people who take notes get into heaven. And so just, I'm just kidding. That's not biblical. Okay, don't. That's not heresy at that Our Savior's Church. Um, but I, I do encourage you, we have, we have note binders in the back that are free of charge. You can cl- keep all those. It's, it's for you. So, all right, so you can follow along. So you got some of the scriptures there. You can highlight it and, um, and uh, also go through your Bible if you want to. So Galatians chapter 6, I'm going to read from the Passions translation. It's kind of the translation that I've personally been using for the past, uh, well, almost six months or so as I read through the New Testament and uh, just to give it a little bit of a different perspective. And it says this, make no mistake about it, God will never be mocked. For what you plant, everybody say this yellow word, will always be the very thing that you harvest. What you plant will always be the very thing that you harvest. Verse 8 says this, the harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seed of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. And then he says in the next, he says, if you plant the good seeds, everybody say the good seeds. The good seeds, watch this, of spirit life of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. Verse nine ends it with this way, and don't allow yourselves, ready, to be weary or, and how many know it's easy to get both of those? It's easy to get weary and tired. It's easy to get disheartened, discouraged. It's so easy when you're doing the right things to get exhausted and get tired and get discouraged because maybe you're not seeing the fruit of, of what you're trying to do, but it says this, even though uh, don't allow yourself to get weary disheartened in planting good seeds for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is, is coming, is coming, it's coming. Look at somebody say, it's coming, it's coming. All right. So Father, right now, we thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you for all that you want to do today, all that you want to speak today. God, our ears, our hearts, and our minds are open to all that you want to say to us today. Lord, give us ears to hear you and a heart to receive. We love you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. All right, so I want to share with you three, three thoughts. This is a very simple message, um, but I think this principle is one that we often forget 
this idea of sowing and reaping. So I'm gonna give you three thoughts today, kind of three truths about sowing and reaping. So here's the first one. First one right out the gate, if you wanna write this down, is you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. I know it's pretty simple. All of us understand this, but you reap what you sow. Now, if you read Galatians 6, you would quickly think that in Galatians 6, the Apostle Paul is almost teaching karma. Y'all know what karma is, right? What goes around? Y'all ever heard that before? What goes around comes around. Someone who's been mean, and then all of a sudden they get in a wreck, and you're like, mm-hmm, see, mm-hmm. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We all like watching the videos where somebody does something stupid and then something stupid happens to them. You're like, ha, 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 See, like we would almost think that, that Paul is almost teaching karma. Like what goes around comes around. But he's not. He's actually teaching what is a biblical principle that has been all throughout the Bible for thousands of years, 66 different times in Scripture actually, you get this principle of sowing and reaping. And I wanna show you just a number of them, okay? I'm gonna just show you a couple of them. I'm gonna show you some in the New Testament. I'm gonna show you some in the Old Testament. But I want you to see this principle. It's all throughout scripture. Let me show you the first one. It's in Proverbs. Um, It says this, Proverbs 26, 27 says this, if you set a trap for who? If you set a trap for others, I'm gonna come on this side. If you set a trap for others, you will get caught in it yourself. If you, watch this, if you roll a boulder down on others, it will crush you instead. So, like, you're trying to get other people, and yet it comes back on you. It's sowing and reaping. Let me show you what the next verse is. Watch this. Those who plant, okay, don't, don't trail off on me, y'all, 930. Come on, you already had coffee. All right, so, those who plant injustice will harvest Disaster. Watch the next one. This is just, just principles of sowing and reaping. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants will get a Okay, so, so I, I put two seeds in, I get two crops out. Put 500 in, I get 500 out. This is, this is what Scripture tells us. Then watch this one, Matthew 6. We don't like this one, but it says this. If you refuse to forgive others, forgive others your father will not forgive your sins. Sowing and reaping. You're going to see it. Sowing and reaping. I'm, I'm, I'm giving what I want. And then last, and this is for all the parents. Parents in the house? Or all the parents? Okay, here we go. Parents. Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old... He will not depart from it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> that was two parents. Yes. <laughs> uh, all the other parents are like, I'm not sure yet. I'm not, not quite sure. So train up a child in the way she go. When he's old, he will not depart. So here's the big idea. Ready? The big idea is this. You are reaping today what you sowed yesterday. Hold on. You're reaping today what you've sowed in the past. So this season is, is much of a result of what you did in previous seasons. So we're going to get into this a lot more in just a minute, but you sow what you reap. So that's why I watch Galatians 6. Let's go back to Galatians 6. We're going to read it in the NIV now. We're going to read it in different translations, but this is probably the one you're most familiar with. It says, do not be deceived. deceived. Okay, that word deceived means to be led astray. By the way, anytime you see the word do not be deceived, you need to go highlight that scripture. And here's why. 
because you and I are prone to being deceived to whatever's about to come next. We're going we're gonna to get fooled into thinking that what comes next, it won't happen to me. You ever heard people say that? Oh, it won't happen to me. Okay, you deceived. Watch. Do not be deceived. God can't be mocked. Here we go. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. This is why oftentimes we envy people who are doing wrong but still succeeding. Do y'all know people who are not living for God at all? And it seems like they get the promotion and they're losing weight and their kids aren't doing anything and everything seems to be going well and you're like, what's going on? Y'all ever been there? And so here's, here's the tendency, ready? The tendency is to go, well, what I'm doing, I guess, just isn't working. So I'm gonna just go do whatever I wanna do because they're doing whatever they wanna do and nothing in bad in their life is happening. But here's what you fail to realize, that what they are sowing in this season, they just haven't reaped it yet. They just haven't reaped it yet. And so this is, I, I love how uh, Pastor Andy Stanley, so Pastor Andy Stanley um, is in Atlanta, and this is his take on Galatians chapter 6. Um, there's a couple different slides I'm going to show you, but I think it's phenomenal. When I read it, I was like, I got to share this. So watch what he says in, in, about Galatians 6. Can we put that up? Where you are today is a result of the decisions you've made in the past. And where you're going to be is connected to what you do and what you did. Okay, so that's the first part. That's good. Let me show you the rest of it, though. There is a relationship between your current irresponsibility and what you can expect in the days and the weeks and the months to come. Now watch. It's better. Paul doesn't say people reap what they sow unless they ask for forgiveness. Doesn't say that. Forgiveness doesn't erase what you've sown. Ready? Watch. He says this, people often tell me, I'm doing my best. And I say, I'm glad you're doing your best now, but for five years, you didn't do your best, and that was sowing. Okay, watch, ready? It gets better, it's just getting better, all right? (laughs) Now, you're reaping from those years, and doing your best doesn't erase all the sowing you did then. All the sowing you did then. So this is telling us, according to this scripture, this is, this is what we buy into. Okay, I came to the altar and I said, God, forgive me for committing adultery. And God does. But your wife still doesn't trust you. And we go, well, she should trust me now. God forgave me. Why hasn't she forgave me? No, no, no. She forgave she didn't trust. You sowed that seed. You're going to have to reap that harvest. Are y'all with me? Okay, so yet again, I know this isn't, a, this isn't like an amen, like, yeah, let's go. This isn't one of those type of messages, but you need to realize 
that a lot of what you're living in today was seeds that you sown in the past. And even though maybe what you lived in the past is not the way you're living now anymore, and yes, God has forgiven you, and yes, God has cleansed you, and yes, you've gone through freedom, and you have no more shame, and no more guilt, and no more condemnation, and all of that is true, but you still got to deal with some of the consequences of it. Sometimes we still have to walk through the pain of the things that we sowed in past. Now, let me say this just as kind of like a little caveat, and that is all of us in here have never gotten the full payment of what we really deserved. Y'all with me? Like any of y'all look back at your life and you're like, I should be dead. I should not be married. I should be this. I should, you know, there's a lot of things we look back and go, if I really got everything that I planted, oh, dear God. (laughs) Did not want to reap that harvest. So I will say that there is a lot of grace and mercy that God does. I believe there's a lot of things that God covers. I believe there's a lot of things that God lessens, but he still allows us still to walk through some pain. He still allows us to walk through, through some of the consequences. Parents, your kids do something, right? Just do something not right at all, and they come to you and go, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? Yeah, I forgive you, but you're grounded for a week. Amen. Right? Uh, I forgive you. Give me the keys. Well, I thought you forgave me. I did, but you don't got the keys. You're going to have to go and, and, and plant some new seeds if you want to get the keys back. I've got, I've got to start seeing some change that's in there. And so this is, this is hard a lot of times for us to, because, and, and let me say it this way, I don't think, I don't, God doesn't punish us. Okay, so let me, let me, let me just make sure I, I, I say this. If you're like, oh, I'm battling in my health, I have cancer, it must have been because I lived like a sinner when I was young and God can't, uh, you know, brought cancer on me, that is a lie. God does not do that. God does not do that. Okay? God does not bring sickness on people. God does, not, God does not cause harm to his children. God does not do those things. But here's what God does. God does allow our choices because we're free will, right? So God allows our choices to be made and for us to go through some of those choices that are there. And some of you are in a season right now where maybe there were some, 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 some bad decisions that were made in your past, and you still feel like you're still dealing with it in your marriage, or you're still dealing with it in whatever, in your kids, or in whatever. That, that's just from some past harvest, because you do, you reap what you sow. So, so I need to evaluate my current harvest. Like, you need to evaluate your, your, your current marriage evaluate your your current finances, evaluate your current health, evaluate your current emotions, evaluate, and here's, ready? If you don't like the harvest that you're getting, you need to look back at the seeds that were planted. Okay? So if you want to reap a different harvest, you have to start sowing different seeds. So if you don't like where your marriage is, maybe it's time to start sowing love, humility, forgiveness, as Pastor Stephen said, I'm sorry, babe, I'm an idiot. Okay, maybe start sowing some of those uh, instead of constantly causing blame. If you, if you don't like where you, you are financially right now, maybe it's time to start sowing seeds of a budget. I know I went, amen, amen, Pastor Josh, okay. Maybe get off of Q, QVC. Maybe it's time to 
cut the credit card, maybe it's time to stop shopping. Amazon, yeah, it's, it's not QVC anymore, right? It's Amazon, I'm sorry. Thank you for setting me straight. Um, I was going back to my 90s days. Um, so, are y'all with me though? Like, it's crazy because, you know, like I read all these, a lot of these prayer cards and, and over 50% of them are financial. And we go, God, help me. God, help me in my finances. But God goes, you're just harvesting the seeds you've been planting. You shouldn't have bought the car you couldn't afford. <laughs> I'm saying all these hard things as I smile. Just maybe it'll go down a little better. Like, if I don't like where my body is, maybe I need to eat different seed. Maybe, it, are y'all with me? And, and yet again, listen, I know there's circumstances and situations. Some of you are in financial situations, not because of your own doing, but because of stuff. I know some of you, maybe where you are physically, not because of your own, thing, own doing, but because of something that's happened or something that was out of your control. Okay, so I, I under, totally understand a lot of situations where things are out of your control, but I just think we have a lot more choice than we realize. And we want to put it off like we didn't. And then we want God to fix everything, but it was something that we created. We're living in the bed we made. Amen. So if you want to reap a different harvest, you have to start sowing different seeds. How many know it's easy to sign up for the gym? When that alarm went off at 440 this past week, I was like, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Get behind me. That's not the Lord. That's not the Lord. And then I was like, no, let's get up. I hate it. I still hate it. I've never liked it. I don't think I'll ever like it. But it's a seed I have to start selling. It's just what I have to do. Seed I got to start selling. You, gotta, you, gotta, you can't just sign up. You got to show up. You got to show up. You got to start sowing those seeds. So I'm going to reap whatever harvest. Pastor Bo would always say this. You don't plant oranges and get apples. And you don't, you don't plant oranges and then pray that God gives apples. You plant the oranges, you get oranges. And so you, you reap what you sow. Number two, you reap after you sow. You reap after you sow. This is what I like to call the law of later. And the law of later is that what you sow today, you don't reap today. The law of later is this idea that what you sow today, there's got to be some time and then there's reaping. That's why it's called seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. Everybody say that. Seed, seed time, harvest. Seed. Time, harvest. We live in a culture, though, that unfortunately loves immediate, instant gratification. We don't like time. We like seed. We like harvest. We don't like time. Like, I like to eat a salad, one salad a day, and I lost five pounds at night. Look at this. Come on now. Ah. Oh. I haven't drank Dr. Pepper for 21 days. Or no, it's been 20, 14 now. And I, I, I just want it to be instant. Like, it's just instant things. Like, I, like I want to go, go to the gym, go work out for an hour, then come home, take off my shirt, and be like, muscles on muscles? Look at that. Look at, mm, stallion, you know? Like, that's what Lindsay says. Um, 
or hasn't said yet. I'm waiting for her to, to say. It, it takes time. Don't preach at me. Listen, don't preach at me. Mm-mm. Wait till the end of this year. This, this is what we don't understand is that life doesn't work with seed and then harvest. Life is seed and then it's time and then it's harvest. Here's the issue that I have. I don't know how long the time is. So some of you are, are in this 21 days of prayer and fasting and, and however much we believe that God can work miracles and God is an immediate type of God and God can heal instantly and God can do things like that. I'm just here today to tell you that there might be some things you're praying over these 21 days that don't get answered in 21 days and it may take 21 years or 21 months or 21 weeks or it, it just God determines the time. I don't get to determine the time, but I've just got to keep doing what's right and then just believe that in his timing, things will happen. Are y'all with me? So it's, it's time. Like we're praying prayers and, and believing God, but what ends up happening is because of the time. However, the time gets to a, a certain extent, we get to what Galatians says to not get weary or disheartened. When do you get weary and disheartened? When it's a long time. Right? You're like, I've been doing all the right things. I've been, I've been trying to serve my wife. I've been trying to love her. And here I am. Like, our marriage is still hard. What's going on? Like, it's taking too long. She should change by now. Right? Or, or like, why are my kids not obedient? Why are my kids still talking back to me? Why? But what we fail to realize is that there was years and years and years of bad seed. And now we're starting to start planting good seed. But it's going to take some time going to take some time. And then you need to realize that when you plant a seed, how many know when you plant a seed and you bury it, like it does not sprout immediately. Like you've got to water it. You've got to keep watering it. So I just need you to know whatever you're going through right now, you're, you're, you're not buried, you're planted. And the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Well, some of you go, man, I've been here for a while and I don't feel like I'm flourishing. Just stay planted. Don't uproot. Just stay planted. Just stay planted. Just stay planted. The Chinese bamboo, when you plant it, for five years, you never see anything above the soil. Five years, you see nothing. What is it doing for five years? For five years, literally all it's doing is its roots are growing into the soil system deep and wide, integrating with one another. And at the end of year five, it shoots up 80 feet in six weeks. 80 feet in six weeks. Well, how many of you know, in year two, three, four, you're like, What's, okay, I guess it's a bad crop. And many of us, when we're on this journey of following Jesus, you've been in uh, for a season of time, been doing what's right, been serving the Lord, but you just haven't seen the results quite yet, and you just don't realize that God's got a time that's different than your time. Maybe God has you in this season, in this place, because he's trying to develop and make you. How many of you know, God's not trying to hurt you, he's trying to make you. And the season where you're kind of packed in and you can't see anything and it feels like I'm, I'm buried. You're not buried, you're planted. And at some point, that will come to fruit. And all throughout Scripture, men and women of God had years of obscurity. Moses, in the palace, then leaves the palace, goes in the wilderness as a shepherd for years until he has a burning bush experience and finally comes back and delivers his people. But there was years that he was out in the wilderness David, 
who was a shepherd boy for years, was anointed king, going to be the next king. But it wasn't for 14 years before he actually ever became king. What was happening during that time? And then let's look at Jesus. Jesus, for 30 years of his life, nobody even knows outside of the birth of Jesus. Nobody knows about Jesus other than that, that oh, that's Jesus the carpenter. He can make some good tables. But nobody knows that that Jesus the carpenter is Jesus the Christ that and when he turns 30 he will get baptized and come up out of the water and begin to start his ministry and what he was doing in three years was preparation for what would happen in three years or 30 years was preparation for what would happen for three years which was really preparation for what would happen for three hours which would save us. But how many know you don't get the three years and the three hours if you don't start with the 30 years? And so many of us in our culture want to get, want to get exposed quickly. Do y'all remember, y'all remember Kodak? Y'all remember Kodak? The, 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 the camera Kodak? Like with the film? Come on, how many of you actually remember that? I got, I got some people that get, kind of remember that. Okay. All the millennials are like, what are you talking about? Okay, like, it's not, a, it's not with your phone. It's like with a real camera that's $3. You know, it's like you, you click it and... And so, and you don't know, you, you, have, to, you have to wait. And, and the way that that is, is y'all, y'all remember like when you had your camera and you, you put it in and you roll it and it was like, y'all remember that? You're taking pictures, taking pictures. And then the worst would be is if someone came and popped the back open and you're like, no, our whole anniversary was on there. You just overexposed all of it and lost all of the, all of those photos. That's what happens when people get promoted too soon. They get overexposed too soon. And when they get overexposed, the light actually destroys them more than helps them. That's the story of my life. So I've, I've been a part of this church for almost 20 years, 19 years. And for... 15, 16 of the years, you know what my job was? Whatever Pastor Bubba wanted me to do. That was my, that was my title, Pastor Josh, whatever Pastor Bubba wants him to do. <laughs> so I mowed grass. My wife and I cleaned this church for many years. Nobody knew it. Nobody saw it. I changed the sign when we used to have sign changing. Worked with youth. Worked with kids, was on the worship team, um, thinking about pulling that one back out. Uh, you can't handle this. Um, uh, served our staff as an executive pastor for a season. And what people don't realize is that I was prophesied when I was a teenager that God would use me to reach thousands of people. And yet for 15 years, I was just reaching dozens. And I would get so discouraged and go, God, I thought. And God said, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. And I would try to push my way to make it happen. And God always just had a way of pushing it back down. Nope, not yet, not yet, not yet. And here we are finally 19 years later, 
and after faithfulness and faithfulness and sowing seeds 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 and planting and planting and sowing seeds and tilling the ground and tilling the ground and tilling the ground. This past year, God said, all right, now's the time. Let's go. We serve a generation that wants to get famous quick. They want results quick. They want exposure quick. No. Things that grow fast tend not to last. God is not into speed. He's into seed. He's not into speed. We don't serve a God who's fast. He doesn't run. He walks. We serve a three-mile-per-hour God. That's the pace of walking, by the way. And everywhere you see throughout Scripture, the Bible tells us to walk with God. Never tells us to run with Him. Tells us to walk with Him. My issue was, I was miles ahead of Him and praying that He would hurry up and catch up. And God says, I don't, I don't work that way. You're on my time. I'll get there when I get there. So you can just sit and wait. And many of us, with where we are in our walk with God, is we want God to do things quicker and faster, but what you don't realize is that season where it seems like he's doing nothing, he's doing more than you can even imagine. He's working on your spouse more than you can imagine. He's working on your kids more than you can imagine. He's taking your seeds and he's taking what you're doing and he's, he's producing something that's there. You just need to realize God hasn't forsaken you. God is making you. He's making you. That's why, that's why it says in Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in what? Everybody say that, what? In due season we will reap if, if we don't give up. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you're in a season of waiting, that is the number one thing you want to do is give up. I've walked with a lot of people through alcohol addictions, drug addictions. I've walked with a lot of people through marital affairs. I've walked with a lot of people through just horrific situations in, in life, some they're choosing, some not, some that has happened to them. And one of the greatest things that I always have to encourage them is when they start out, they start out with passion. Okay, we're going to change this. And they get maybe weeks or months in, and then it's all of a sudden like, I don't know if God can do this. I don't know. That's where doubt happens. That's where discouragement happens. That's where weariness happens. That's where tiredness happens. And that's how many know that's when you need people the most to get around you and go, it's going to be okay. We're going to walk through this. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. I mean, if you ever, if you ever ran, it's halfway in the middle of it that you need someone to come up alongside you and pick you up and go, let's do this together until you can get some strength and go. So whatever you're doing, just know, keep doing good, keep doing good, keep doing good. Don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. In due season, in due season. Everybody say due season. season. It's a kingdom season, by the way. Due season. That God's ready to do things. Number three. So you reap what you sow, you reap after you sow, and you reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. So if number two is what I call the law of later, meaning you don't reap today what you sow today, this is what I call the law of greater. And the law of greater says that what we reap always comes back to us greater than what we sowed. What we reap always comes back to us greater than what we sowed. How many know seeds don't stay seeds, they become trees? Seeds don't stay seeds, they become trees. If you plant a wheat seed, it grows into a wheat stalk, and that wheat stalk then produces hundreds of 
of wheat seeds. You sow an acorn, it becomes a tree that has thousands of other acorns with it. Seeds don't stay seeds, they become trees. And so this works for us in, in many different ways. Our seed is multiplied. Hey, ready? Our seed is multiplied in bad ways and it's multiplied in good ways. So let me share both of them with you. Ready? Let me share, let me share the bad news first. So watch what Proverbs says. It says this way, sin is a what? A seed. Sin is a seed that brings a, that brings a harvest and you'll reap a what? A heap. A heap of trouble. Like, that's, like a heap's a lot, right? Like, hey, how many mashed potatoes you want? I want a heap. I want a heap. I want, I want a heap. I want a, I want a good bit. How much money you want? I want a heap of money. All right? Um, how much trouble you want? Not a heap. I'll tell you that right now. I'd like a, I'd like a smidgen. <laughs> Any of y'all grandmas used to use that word, smidgen? Okay, so... Sin is a seed that brings a harvest. You'll reap a heap of trouble with every seed you plant. So I, I, this is hard because what starts off as a little small bad habit over time becomes a really big bad habit. What starts out as a little small erroneous thought or maybe even a lie that we've believed. How many know some of us are living in the lies that we were heard when we were little kids? But it was something that was a seed. It was planted inside of our hearts, and it is now full maturation in our, in our souls and in our minds, and we're going, what? What? Like, like nobody wakes up and goes, I just... I hope that I'm addicted to sex one day. Like, sometimes it starts in the most innocent ways where maybe you saw something you shouldn't have seen and it piqued curiosity. Or maybe it was someone did something and it piqued curiosity. And then over the course of time, shame was brought in but there was this curiosity and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and, and, and inside of you, like, I want to stop. I want to stop. I know this isn't good. I want to stop. I want to stop. I, wanna, I don't want, I want to stop. And, but it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's like a web. It just gets tangled more and more and more and more and more and more. No, no, no man wakes up and says, you know what? I'm ready to have an affair with my wife today. Right. Like it starts with maybe a seed of flirting with the secretary. And then it starts as a seed of having hidden conversations on Facebook Messenger. And then it starts as seeds of, are are y'all with me? Like sin is a seed. Sin is a seed. When you, you look at these people that are celebrities and athletes but they have these major moral failures. It started as a seed. It started as a seed. Like divorce gets practiced in junior high by dating and breaking up and 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 then we get married and then we go, you know what, I just break up. It's what I've been doing. Because it's just been the seed that I've been planting. It's the seeds. It's the seeds. It's the seeds. 
This, this, this happens with, with our children. And, and, and this challenges me so much as a father because I'm planting seeds in my boys on how they treat women and how they relate to God and how they handle their finances and how they respect their mother and how they respect people. And like, they're seeds. It's small little things. But if you give it time, how many know it's, it's just kind of like anything? If you give it time, it multiplies. It multiplies. And so sin is a seed that brings a harvest. You'll reap a heap of trouble with every seed you plant. So when you make a small decision, when you lie a little, that's a seed. When you bend the rules a little, that's a seed. When you compromise a little, that's a seed. And it doesn't stay a seed because the law of greater is what I reap oftentimes will come back to me greater than what I planted. Now, here's the good news. Let me get off the bad news. Here's the good news. The good news is is that the law of greater also applies to God's blessings. So when I do righteousness and I, and, I, and I sow seeds of righteousness, God can multiply that as well. The story of John 6, when Jesus says, hey, we got all these people, we need to feed them. What do we got? And he's like, well, we got a little Hebrew boy, you know, Mickey D pack over here. And he's got five loaves and two fishes. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and he's like, bring it to me. And we know that God takes it, he blesses it, and he hands it back to the disciples. And he says, all right, y'all pass it out. And the cool thing is that as they're passing out this little, tiny, little piece, and I can imagine they got a little, tiny fish and a little piece of bread, and I can imagine they're going around the room going, take a little, take a little, take a little. You, no, I know you're hungry, just take a little. You know, and as they're going, though, and as they're giving it away, it's multiplying in their hands. And I can imagine, like, over the as they're getting into the hundreds and thousands, they're like, you can have some more. You can have more. You can have a lot more. You want some more? You want the loaf? Okay, you want some more? You want... And they're giving more. And, and if you read the end of the story, Jesus says, okay, just bring back what you got. And they bring back 12 baskets. It's almost like Jesus was letting them know, hey, listen, when you just sow little things and you just do the little things I tell you to do, I always multiply it. How many baskets? How many disciples? Whose miracles was it in? It was in their hands. It was in their hands. And so when I sow seeds of righteousness, it gets multiplied. And I want to end today with Psalms 126. It says, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. This is the blessings of what God has. When I plant in tears, I will harvest in the shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. This is the joy of what God does. And watch this last one. Proverbs 11 says this. Evil people may get a short-term gain, but to sow seeds of righteousness will bring a true and lasting reward. Seeds of righteousness. My Bible says, hey, listen, parents, Sowing seeds of righteousness in your children is hard. Parenting is hard. Hey, the Bible says, but if you will continue to do that, that you will reap a harvest of righteousness. If I train up a child in the way she goes, I believe he will not depart. He'll come back. I believe God's word is true. So I want to end today with this. You can't do anything about what you're reaping today, but you can change the seed you're sowing today. You cannot do anything about what you're reaping today, but you can change the seed that you're sowing today. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. But the second best time to plant a tree 
is today. And so here, here's what, here's my challenge, ready? Here's my practical challenge. Where do you want to be physically, financially, spiritually, maritally, in December of 2020? Who do you want to be? And ready? Today we start planting those seeds. Today we start planting those seeds. The man of God I want to be at the end of this year, the husband that I want to be at the end of this year, where I want to be in my physical body, where I want to be in my finances, where I want to be in my parenting with my, my sons. Like, I've got to start now. And, and maybe I'm, I'm reaping from the harvest of bad seed that I planted in previous times, but if I'll just keep planting the right seed now, I'll keep planting the right seed, eventually that harvest will go and I'll start reaping the harvest of good seed of all that God has. Amen? Father, we love you. God, today, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness. We thank you that for many of us, we, we haven't received all that we've sown. You've held so much of that back. But God, we're so thankful today that you give us the opportunity to sow good seed. Good seed. If you're here in this room or you're watching online right now and you would say, Pastor Josh, I'm just going through a season right now that, that I know I'm, there's some reaping that's happening, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your family, maybe in your finances, maybe in your health, that was from bad seed that you had planted before. And you know, you're just still kind of walking through it. I want you just to raise your hand all across this room. If that's you, come on, hands going up all across this room. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. So Father, right now, I, I pray for all those that are in this room <laughs> that are walking through the difficult time of maybe looking back at their past and seeing some of the decisions that they've made, even maybe still wrestling through some of those consequences today. But God, I thank you that your word says that where we are weak, you are strong. God, I thank you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient. That even in those seasons, God, where we're far from you and planting those seeds, I thank you that in this new season, that you would give us the strength and the courage to walk through this but that you're also now giving us the wisdom and the relationships to begin to start planting the seeds that you've called us to plant. God, I pray for those that are in this room right now that have been praying for certain things and they haven't seen it and they've stopped praying. I pray that they would begin to pray again. I pray those that are in this room that had a dream that they felt was from you, but just because of time, they've grown weary and disheartened. I pray they would dream again. I pray those that are in this room that have a relationship that they feel is too far gone, they've done too much, there's no way. I pray that you would heal and you would reconcile. You would restore. I pray, God, that you would do that in marriages and in relationships and family and friends. God, those right now maybe who are battling in their health, I pray that you would give them a plan. I pray that you would give them wisdom. I pray that you would give them strength, that you would be their motivation to begin to plant new seeds for a better health. God, I thank you, Lord, more than anything for the relationship that we have with you, that the, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. God, I pray that. Pray that you would encourage and strengthen your people. With all heads bowed, if you're here in this room, and you would just be honest, and you would say, you know what? 
A lot of the seeds that I've planted in my life have been because I've, I've lived for myself. I have lived self-centered. Well, today you are in God's house and God is reminding you, first off, how much he absolutely loves you. But how much he's got a plan for your life. And that he's got so much for you. But the very first thing that it starts with is a relationship with him. It's not rituals. It's not going to church. It's not taking communion. What makes us right with the Father is receiving and believing that what Jesus did on the cross and rising from the grave was enough. He took our shame, our guilt. He took all of our selfish tendencies and he died for those. And today he's offering his grace and his forgiveness. And you say, today I wanna make him Lord of my life. I wanna start with that seed Jesus is the incorruptible seed, and I want him to be planted in my heart and in my life. I want to surrender my life to him today. I'm ready to go in a new direction. I want all that he has for me. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hands up, and I want to pray for you. One, two, three. If that's you, going up all across this room, come on, just hold your hands up right there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Praise God. Anybody else? You can put your hands down. If you've already read. Thank you so much. This is the moment. All of OSC family, I want you to pray right here, right alongside with me. And we're going to pray with you. And I want you to just repeat this after me. I want you to say this with all that you have within you. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize that you're the Son of God, that you came and lived a life that I couldn't live. You were perfect. And on the cross, you took my shame, my guilt and my sin, and you died for it. And you rose again to give me a purpose on earth, a relationship with the Father, and a place in heaven. And I want you just to say this. Say, today, I turn from my sin, and I put my trust and in my faith in Jesus. Jesus be my Lord. God, be my Father. Holy Spirit, be my helper. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen.